episode of On My Own Vibe. I'm your host, Nikki D, and I'm sitting here with a special guest. Reed, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Reed. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and um, I'm a non-binary, transmasculine, queer person living in Washington, D.C. Yay. Thank you for coming on with me Yeah, today. absolutely. Um, I, I've been on, as hopefully listeners know by now, um, on this quest of talking with several different types of folks, uh, Black queer folks, from all different, I guess, corners of our community about different topics around, involving uh, pleasure. And uh, one of the things that I personally run into often is being uh, a masculine-centered and presenti- presenting, I identify as a woman, but person who... Um, well, there's duality in my presentation and my energy, mm-hmm. right? And, there's, and, you know, I'm also a really big, enthusiastic fan of penetration. Mm-hmm. And having those conversations with, partner, with partners, I either get people who are cool um, about it. Uh, some films will be very enthusiastic mm-hmm. about it. I, I tend to like yeah. things. <laughs> um, and then you have other films who are kind of looking at me crazy as if because of my presentation and... Uh, uh, I, I suppose even just my being, being so masculine and being masculine centered, that that's something that I shouldn't enjoy. So I wanted to sit down with someone who could talk about and understand uh, the different aspects of this, of course, different experiences with all of us, right? right? Um, but it was something that I really wanted to talk about on this podcast. Uh, so uh, my first question would be, um, Hold on, I'm trying to figure out like the best way to say uh, into this. I, I guess we can just hop right into yeah. it. Um, what are your thoughts on penetration? And was there a journey for you to learn to love it? Yeah, you know, listening to you kind of lay out what your experiences have been with, like, I assume you're generally interested in or attracted to film people based on the way that you um, just describe those experiences. But what, as I've kind of like been through my gender journey, which has been its own thing, um, it really made me think about my sexuality in a super different way because I think when I first kind of realized I was queer um I definitely was like more masculine I was considered the you know quote unquote top I was the one like giving and never receiving you know Uh um yeah and then you know kind of I guess as my gender journey kind of progressed um I, became, I got more curious and I'm going to like rewind it back to like, even when I first started to masturbate, even when I was a kid, I, no one ever talked to me about it. So it's not, penetration wasn't something I ever explored for myself in masturbation, only like external touching. Um, so it wasn't even something I knew how to do for, for myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I've, and it's something that I'm still like very much on the journey with now as I'm someone now who presents very masculinely and generally passes as male, um, and also as I, like, explore my sexuality with cis men, 
the table, the tables have turned in, in a super different way, um, in, in ways that I'm still like, you know, kind of processing things and trying to figure out how to talk about, but, um, my journey's not over. I'll say that I'm still, I'm still in the middle of learning this new thing as I process, you know, these new phases of my sexuality. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, in- including with the, actually, I didn't really know how to masturbate until I got to college. Right. Uh, one of my ex-girlfriends had to explain that to me. It's not that I wasn't like curious or didn't have urges or anything like that. Honestly, I just think I was just so busy. I didn't really have time to process a lot For of sure. things, including my sexuality, um, let alone my my physical um, or let alone exploring my physical body, mm-hmm. right? Um, I also think there's a difference between uh, my body then and my body yes. now. Like that was something my friends and I talk about often. It's like turn 27 and all of a sudden I have titties. And it's just right. like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. And, you know, it also makes me feel different a little bit sometimes. Um, and like explaining that to partners has been a thing. But yeah, I, it's, it's a journey that is ever changing, changing as, you know, our bodies and our sexualities evolve. Um, I, cause I experienced this with feminine identified women too, is there's this very interesting relationship with people. And this is, I think, let me just first say, I don't think penetration and enjoying penetration is just something limited to uh, people with vaginas. Uh, I don't, I think, I think the act of being penetrated and opening up ready to receive is a very spiritual one. And I think it's very almost sacred to me. And I can understand why some people feel very uncomfortable because it does make you feel vulnerable, right? Um, the best example or like description that I've heard was that episode of Black Mirror when the two guys are playing a video yes. game and yes. they end up, they're having sex with each other in a video game. And the dude asks, well, what does it, what does it feel like? And he's like, it's like a symphony of like, I just feel really overwhelmed. And I'm like, that's actually a really good way to put right. that. Right. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. You feel very uh, full. Um, yeah. If you're receiving receptive. Right. And I also think uh, it's interesting you bring that up too, because I think that like as black, masculine people we're also I mean you know obviously there's a lot of layers to queer you know queerness and blackness but one of them is that you know like black I think that there's this idea that masculine black women or trans masculine black people or whatever are trying to like emulate or be men in the bedroom and men don't you know like quote unquote men don't like receive penetration so there's also like that kind of information that I've been internalizing anyway my whole life as I you know as I kind of think about how I learned to present myself um, and be comfortable with how I also presented my sexuality and like presented um, to partners even like what I was willing to do or what was my role versus what was their role or you know what I mean yeah yeah I, I run into that a lot when I'm explaining how yeah I like penetration but I might not like being penetrated by you right or I might not be that comfortable doing those particular things with you and it's not a reflection of on you as a person um honestly for me it can be something as simple as you know I I mention my height sometimes on this podcast but I'm like six one right um (laughs) yeah 
I tend not to want to be penetrated by shorter partners. And I know that can that sounds terrible, but what it really is is I my body just doesn't react the same. Like there's something about a taller woman that makes me feel safe in a way that it's easier for me to open up um and my my body and you know help my body prepare to receive penetration. So you know it, those discussions they change and uh just honestly being a masculine person is kind of difficult to discuss without somehow um, running into a conversation around expectations dealing with masculinity. Right. Yep. You know. Yep. So wh- how would you describe uh, your first experience figuring out that you do actually like penetration? <laughs> or you're open to it? Yeah. Yeah, I was just, I was saying, um, when, you know, before I, like, transitioned, when I was presenting more as, like, a masculine woman at the time, and presenting and identifying that way, like, ex- I did experiment with penetration, like, with fingers, um, never really, like, any toys or anything with, like, partners that I had, but it was always very much like a, let's try it and not ever try it again, and I think it's so interesting to hear you talk about, kind of, being comfortable with different people and being vulnerable in that way with different people because that's how I would describe it. Like it was, it didn't feel good to be vulnerable in that way with those people. And it, like you said, it's not a reflection on their character or who they are as a person. But I think at the time, because I was still learning so much about my sexuality and how I related to myself and others sexually, like it just wasn't meshing. Um, so I never felt like something, it was something I could try, but never felt like something that was accessible to me, penetration. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it really wasn't until I like left college, came to DC and kind of like fell in with community with like other queer people who like identified similarly to me and like opened up this whole new like world of options and like things you could try different toys I could use by myself to figure out what I liked and different toys I could use with different partners to play around with what we like and and just like yeah finding different things that felt good for me um I yeah I guess it kind of feels like I had an awakening of sorts upon moving up to DC and like finding a different kind of queer community to learn from yeah, yeah, DC will do yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny that you mentioned that comes up in a lot of conversations where uh, I was just talking to someone and I was like, you know, I think sometimes some of us forget that we live in a bubble living in DC. Because right. for those who don't live around here, I, I know it has to be like mind blowing to think about like we have a huge black queer community. Mm-hmm. To the point that half the time, if you identify as a lesbian, you probably won't see a lot of gay men unless you have friends or, you know, you just happen to be on YouTube. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, it is so vast that we can walk around and not know each other and you can meet someone new who's black and queer too. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can find people who are like you and like, you know, my little tribe, we tend to be, we're masculine centered and presenting. Um, pronouns vary across the border, but you know, some of us are in stories. Um, right. So some of us are, you know, some of us wear lipstick and uh, nail polish. Some of us don't mind wearing dresses. Some of us would never put on a dress. Um, 
you know, some of us are pan, some of us are lesbian, some of us are queer. Like it's, it's, it's such a mix that we, we really have the opportunity to be yourself, but also on top of that, we're also in one of the highest paid, um, uh, regions in the country. Right. right? right. So I think this was mentioned on a previous podcast when someone was like, you can meet someone who makes, you can meet a black queer person who makes six figures here. Right. And that's when class starts to play into this. Right. Right. Um, and I was explaining on that podcast how like masculinity and how I feel about class. And sometimes I do relate to feeling the need to be financially stable before I start getting seriously Mm -hmm. serious dating. But, um, at the same time, you know, there, there's restraints, right. uh, there, you know what I mean? Like this is still DC. So there are certain things that, you know, your partner might have a clearance. So maybe they can't come to a certain type exactly. of party with you. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a different world that I think some people who don't or never been here or visited here or partied here or like really understood the culture or had the chance to, or maybe they're in a place where, you know, they don't have that much freedom. It's hard to comprehend. Like, yeah, this is how we live our life, right. like legitimately. Right. <laughs> Garden parties, uh, Monday night parties. Right. Bottomless brunch. Right. We're doing it all. Yeah, we're doing it all. And like I tell someone, you, you can have an FBI agent who loves and knows an artist. And that's what they do. Full time. Right. Art, their art. That's it. And there can be judgment. But also at the same time, hopefully with the right crowd, there right. isn't. So it's always hard when we're still having these conversations about, okay, what is it about my masculinity that makes you feel like I'm not worthy of love? Right. And that's what's concerning to me is like, I, I see it in the groups on Facebook all the time. It's people, even a stud for stud thing, right? It's like, why does it, why does it matter? Why are we putting so much, I can't say why we're putting so much emphasis on masculinity because again, like I think masculinity exists uh, like Nalo has talked about, um, masculinity can exist outside of cis heterosexual men. Right. Um, but I hate always having to feel like my masculinity makes me not worthy of certain types of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Or I'm incapable um, of certain types of pleasure. Exactly. Or like, does that mean you're not attracted to me anymore if you find out that I like to be strapped right. on? Um, like, what exactly does this this mean? And that's one reason why I don't feel comfortable um, exploring that with everyone. Because mm-hmm. I also think you need to be confident slinging that right. strap. I think that's <laughs> the other half of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you should enjoy it, you should be enthusiastic about it, and you should be confident right. in it. And I think, again, it goes back to this this preconceived notion of masculine centered presenting slash centered folks aren't supposed to like that and so i don't know if i want to give this to you because you're not supposed to like it so i've never thought about it in some Mm. cases so that's always interesting but let me ask um so uh in terms of your gender Mm -hmm. journey do you feel like you're, do you feel like it's gotten easier for you to ask for what you want in terms of uh, like um, partners pleasing you? Mm-hmm. Um, and do you feel like pleasure has come easier to you the more free and closer that to the closer that I guess you get to yourself and who you who you know you are? Yeah, that's a great question. It's hard to think about 
yeah, it's also tied together. I mean, I've, I've been kind of actively transitioning for the last like four years. Um, but honestly, like I think my me settling into loving penetration and also like figuring out like what felt right for me, what kinds of things I liked. It, it honestly was all triggered by going through puberty as an adult when I started to medically transition and, and take testosterone. You know, I mm-hmm. all I had all kinds of body changes, all the normal stuff that you that you know generally a fifteen year old or whatever would get, and including like wrapped up in that was also like a higher sex drive. And um, I, I don't know how graphic I can get on this. Extreme. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, we don't hold anything. Back okay. Here. Dope. Um, but also, a part of it is uh, most people know like your clitoris grows. Um, and it's kind. It's like a little tiny dick. So now I've got like this dick between my pants. I'm horny all the time, and I have to figure out like how to pleasure myself. And that means like, especially when I was first like starting, that was <laughs> trying to like get off in the office, get off like go to the bathroom or close my office door because I just had to and it really opened up my mind to like what sorts of things I could be into, but it was also so helpful to mm-hmm. be going through puberty, but as an adult, knowing everything that I know about pleasure and about masturbation and like what was okay and normal, you know? Cause I feel like a lot of when you're 13 or whatever and starting puberty, they don't tell you like, yeah, you're going to want to masturbate and like, it's okay. And that feels good. And like, you should figure that out. No one tells you that. Um, but I knew that when I was, you know, 24 and starting to go or 25, however old I was, um, and starting to take testosterone. So, I mean, along with that, it's just made me so much more open and confident in asking for what I want, or at least naming that I'm not sure, but I want to check, I want to try out different things and maybe, maybe I won't like it, but you know, I'm not going to know until I try. Right. Right. Huh. I think, yeah, I think adults, yeah, I was going to say, honestly, I think adults still go through that. I know, I know a lot of people who are still going yeah. through that, but something that really, no one ever talks about masturbating. Yeah. Um, no one talks about, because that's, that's the issue with porn, right? Like the only access that some of these younger kids have is watching mm-hmm. porn. Now, when I was growing up, I spent a long, t- a lot of time watching real sex on mm, Same. Yep. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I thought was, you know, was a lot more helpful yeah. um, because, you know, it had real people talking and it really did explore a lot of things. Cause I told someone, I was like, I don't remember how I learned about a strap, but I just remember being 19 years old, turning over to my ex-girlfriend, like, so when are you going to let me strap up right. on you? And she's like, oh, you would want to do that? I was like, hell yeah. I don't know how, but I think I was born to do this. <laughs> um, but I think sub- that's probably where it came from. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw something on that show that I'm thinking about. It's like, oh, that resonates with me. And it stuck with me, maybe subconsciously, but when it was time to come out, it came mm-hmm. out. Um, but yeah, I agree. A lot of people don't, I, I think circumstances right now hopefully the younger generations it'll be a different type of situation but growing up we didn't have these options we didn't have a lot of knowledge and we didn't have a lot of people we can ask because you ask your parents they might be like um like i remember my mom just being like don't let anyone touch you like don't right. even let her, what did she say like like cooter or something no it wasn't cooter I hate it. <laughs> it was something that 
it was something that it was just like, oh, that made me cringe. Like, I just don't like that particular yeah. word. And I was like, well, what exactly is that supposed to mean? Like, what if I want them to? Um, I know you're talking about don't let adults touch right. me because we already know. But like, what if I want like, you know, I mean, it's cool. I'm whatever. You know, I'm a little horny. I'm like 16 when we fuck. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, I didn't figure out that I wasn't really attracted to guys yet. So there's that. But um, I think there's something to be said. Like, wow. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't even know what it, I would have been like if I would have gone through puberty as an adult and how different. Yeah. So different. Honestly, how different some of my relationships would have mm-hmm. been. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having the language to ask for what you want, yeah. or like just to just explore it. Right. It makes way. it makes such a world of difference. Um, and and yeah, it just. I mean, and now I'm at a point where like I've learned that I'm a masculine person who also is into other like masculine identified people or men and. I like I'm into that and that feels really good to explore especially with other like masculine people who kind of come from a similar background of like I'm wanting to try different things too I'm wanting to be the bottom in this one or we can like flip flop back and forth or whatever just other people who are willing to try different things and not put me or themselves in a box right and that's important the flip flopping back and forth especially because that was going to be my next question is do you have you re- have you received feedback from other masculine people who might not be in the same space as you are in terms of uh, embracing both your masculinity and honestly your pleasure and our, our pleasure in this idea that you deserve everything mm-hmm. that comes with whatever you want pleasure wise? Wait, I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? Yeah, sure. Because I'm. Not <laughs> um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up from there. Yeah, because that was going to be my next question is, did, have you received pushback from other masculine identities about, um, I guess my real, I guess the better way to put it is like, have you met someone who clearly wanted to be free like you, but was not in that space yet in terms of understanding that, yes, you can be masculine, but you can receive pleasure in all types of different ways. You know, I don't think I have any like straight up personal experience with that. Like I feel pretty lucky that most, I think most other masculine people that I interact with who aren't like straight cis men um, are like are on the same page as I am, or at least have tried and know what they like and know what they don't like. Um, But yeah, I've seen, I have observed conversations like that. I'm, I'm part of like a couple of different like transmasculine um, like groups on Facebook that where people just talk about all sorts of things that, you know, happen or, or um, they experience as re- being related to transmasculine, ma- transmasculinity. And I just see so many people like putting themselves in this box of like, oh yeah, I only do this and I will only do this. And, you know, speaking of topping or whatever. Um, and you know, it's very much like a, oh, penetration, that's cool for you, but never for me kind of thing, which I'm like, okay, sure. What, if you know what you like, that's fine. But it, 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 I don't know, it just feels like such an air of like, why would you do this? Like we're men, like that kind of vibe. And I don't know, that's not a fully processed like thought, but it is something that I've, I've kind of like witnessed 
you know, on Facebook or whatever. And I've been kind of like, well, why, but why, why do we have to be like that? Right. Why so limiting? And, and why perpetuate it in this way? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to, you know, it's a hard one because on one part I understand like, Hey, this is me. Mm -hmm. Like I understand the people who are like, I just don't like it. I don't like the way it feels. I don't like the way it makes me right. feel. I just don't like it. I understand the people who it's related to trauma because right. that is extremely trauma. I get that. What I don't get, especially in the Facebook groups, are these people who just, oh, ugh, that's nasty. Ugh, oh, that's right. gay. Why do you need to do that? Like, I have a hard time wrapping my head around, well, why do you like to do it? Right. You know, I have a friend who has, uh, she has a friend who is just completely, just completely, I don't know, how, I don't even know what to call it. There should be a term for uh, people who don't believe that um, pleasure is for everyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but she's one of those, she doesn't believe masculine people should wear eyeliner, uh, what is it, nail polish. She doesn't think they should love on each other. She doesn't think that they should be loved on by any type of partner, to be perfectly honest, whether it's a feminine or masculine presenting yeah, partner. Yeah, I just don't get alone. that. Right. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I, I just can't understand. I, I, I can't, I, I don't have many words for this other than I just don't get right. it. Like, how, where did you come from? But also my argument would also be my, me being judgy. <laughs> Um, you probably also haven't, not you, but this particular person hasn't explored their sexuality right. and their pleasure scope either. Exactly. I feel like a lot of that, a lot of that comes from internalized shit that people are ignoring or don't want to work through or have a hard time working through or whatever. And they're, and they're projecting that back onto everybody else. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think another I guess another thing that's kind of been I've been thinking about a lot because I I'm someone who also like I enjoy sex and have sex with cis gay men and mm -hmm. you know as someone who did not like I didn't have sex with men growing up at all like or with you know boys my age whatever when I was a kid I didn't like have had penetrative sex with like a cis guy until I was maybe like 24. So it was something that was super new to me. And even now I still find myself trying to remember looking up information about how to have safe penetrative sex with like mm -hmm. people who have penises, because, you know, obviously you get the whole rundown in sex ed. If you're lucky enough to have a sex ed, you know, when, <laughs> when you go to school. Right. <laughs> um, but as an adult, you know, there's plenty of sex positive like resources and things around, but it's something that I've, I've found to be slightly hard to navigate like as someone who identified as like a queer woman and now identifies as like a queer transmasculine person who has sex with cis men like yeah how do I protect myself or you know obviously there are the obvious ones condoms and and dental dance and such but just like other things I should be concerned about um you know what is my risk uh for contracting like HIV or or whatever should I be taking prep I like yeah. I am um and my advice to anybody else who sleeps with um like other like gay or cis, queer like cis men is to also do that 
also take prep, but just like more resources for people like us um, who might be exploring different things and also want to be mindful and um, be as safe as possible. Yeah, that's a really great point. Thank you for for mentioning yeah. that because um, I think some of us, well, let me say this, as a lesbian who does not really encounter men very mm-hmm. often, I do, I, sometimes my partners do, um, but again, that's something that's not really talked yeah. about, right? Prep, like queer, in my case, queer women taking prep. Um, but I was gonna ask you, so this journey interacting with, cause I think this is gonna come up a lot too with folks that I tend mm-hmm. to talk to, this journey on introducing um, cisgendered men into into the I don't want to call it a sexual <laughs> um, rotation, but um, yeah, and I'm gonna say into the sexual portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was that like? I, I'm curious. I'm actually really curious about yeah. it because again, uh, I once heard someone say it's like you know we can't always leave out hetero or actually yeah hetero cis men in this in this case too sometimes outside of queerness. Yeah, I mean true. Yeah. You know? That was true. Yeah. And yeah. And so I'm curious, like, what has that been like for you? And again, even with the penetration, like that's a that's a difference. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a leap. Right. So let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, so in the types of relationships that I seek with like cis gay men or whatever, like I'm if I'm seeking them out, it is strictly to fuck like I don't want anything else to do with them. So like going to apps like Grindr or Scruff is a great forum for that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting, like how, like interacting with, with men on these apps and like how they navigate consent and asking me what I like um, and telling me what they like and that sort of thing. I, I, I don't know. I just like, I don't know what I was expecting, but the, for most most people that I interact with on these apps, like the level of um, communication is kind of surprising. Like I, you know, I just get asked what I want and how I like things or, you know, whatever, before we even meet up, like before we even talk about meeting up, I'm, I'm being asked like what I like, which feels, it feels like it felt like an exercise at first. Cause I was like, damn, I don't even know how to answer this question. Um, you know, like maybe a year or two ago when I first started using these apps, I was like, I really have no idea. I guess that's why I'm here to figure it out. But now, you know, I can confidently say like, yeah, I like being fucked like this and not for that long. I can only go for X amount of time if we're going to have, you know, X, Y, Z type of sex and, you know, just tell people exactly what it is that I'm looking for. And, and like the people that I interact with are very responsive to, to that. It gives everybody like a clear plan of what's about to happen next, you know? Mm-hmm. Dope. Yeah. Negotiation period. Right. Um, it used to be an art of flirtation when I was younger, and now I'm noticing that it doesn't happen as often as it used mm-hmm. to, and it kind of frightens me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really unfortunate. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, the, the grinder culture would be completely different than something like Hinge. Yeah, you know, I've never been on Hinge, but I, yes, I would imagine it is quite different. I'm fascinated. I'm trying not to be like, like, uh, it's, it's. I love talking about it. So, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. There's something about being able to, and I was having this conversation with someone like months ago and I was like, the one reason why I love having, you know, 
uh, I wish there was another term I can use for masculine. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to use that because it's a broad term. Uh, masculine friends is because there's a certain way that we communicate with right. each other. <laughs> and not to say that, you know, I'm just not going to communicate with someone who's a little bit more feminine that way. And not because they're soft or I'll think they'll, they will cry or anything like that. That's not how I would explain mm-hmm. that. Because I know plenty of ag- aggressive femme presenting women that I can communicate the same way. It's not that. It's just honestly, I don't want to come off as a dude. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, it was bro. And, like, there's some real fucked up shit that we probably, it's still healthy. You know, we're loving. Right. Um, But there's some type, it's a different type of camaraderie. Right. Yep. I do think that translates sexually as well. Right, which is the reason why I'm actually attracted to aggressive mm. films. Um, I like I like having best of both. Yeah, that <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> right, but I I think there's this level of hey, we can be very clear about what we're asking for because even though we do have stereotypes and these certain expectations placed on us that are unhealthy, some of the other expectations are easier to navigate. Like I expect you. Just straight up tell me what you're asked for because I already know, like, we're here to do one right. thing. If we agree to do that one thing, let's do that right. one thing and misnegotiate exactly. it. I think everyone should be on that page, but I think there's 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 nuance. Um, like a previous episode was talking about religion, how that can play mm. into it. I think there's expectations of gender roles that can definitely play into right. it. Um that sometimes we don't get these well, I don't get these conversations with feminine mm. partners. Um, but that's so, I'm just like, wow, that has to be a level of freedom that you're experiencing. That's very, yeah, it's super interesting. especially like in, in thinking about like the, the vulnerability of like, you know, trying to find somebody to like somebody I don't know, first of all, somebody I don't know to like penetrate me in a, in like a kind of a very specific way. Um, that is different from like, you know, having, getting a strap from somebody like it, like it's, it is a very vulnerable thing. And like, I have also over the last couple of years figured out like what things, what signs to look for in a person's profile or whatever that signal to me, whether or not like this is a safe person to proceed with, or at least this is someone I can, you know, poke around and see like what their deal is. You know, a lot of people on Grindr will say like, in their profile that they're specifically looking for like femme, like a femme boy or like they're looking or they're straight and whatever. And I'm like, okay, well don't contact me because I'm not, I'm, it's not going to make me feel good, comfortable or safe for you to like think that I'm femme just because I have a vagina and like, I want to be penetrated, you know, just to make that assumption about me. Like, that's not why I'm here. Um, So, you know, I, I avoid those people or if they hit me up, I'm like, you know, I don't meet these requirements, right? And, you know, they'll come back with, like, some kind of, like, transphobic off-color comment or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, we don't even go here. But, I, you know, I've been able to, like, learn those things about myself, too. Like, what? Because I, so, I have made m- some mistakes where, you know, I thought somebody was cool. And I ended up, like, op- you know, being vulnerable with that person in the way, in that way of, like, wanting to receive penetration. And the next thing I know, like, they're calling, like, my pussy things that, like, I didn't say was okay to call or, you know, just saying yeah. things to me. And we didn't negotiate that, like you were saying. And, you know, those are things that I've learned to make sure I negotiate ahead of time or just, like, make a note of if other people ask those questions of me to like make sure they understand what I want so 
yeah, just that another step in the journey of like figuring out what's right and how to discern whether or not something has the potential to be to feel good or be good. Yay. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, I'm just like th- um I'm actually thinking about um I think we can learn so much from each other having these conversations, mm-hmm. right? And even though your your experience is different than mine. Like it's pretty, it's different than mine, but I run into very similar issues in that uh, I just want to be seen for who I am. Right. And I need someone to meet me there at that same place. Cause I'm going to see you as long as we talk about it, I'm going to do my best to make sure I treat you and I, I don't want to say serve, but I, (laughs) <laughs> I'm present in the same way that I would want and expect you to be present. For right, me. exactly. Yeah, and it's it's been I think it's going to be easier after COVID because I think this year that people have had to sit in their house and basically sit with themselves <laughs> and hopefully deal with their shit and or you know, honestly too or even enhance mm-hmm. themselves. Um will lead to an openness that maybe our community hasn't really seen on this scale. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, I was having that conversation with someone. I have a lot. (laughs) I I really do. Because I always, I just random, I end up in random places and just talking. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I've been on is this journey towards really just being just settled in myself. Mm. And whatever that looks like and being okay and open to whatever that looks like. So right now for me is, yeah, I wear binders. Um, I identify as a lesbian and a woman, but I do have some trans masculine and non-binary tendencies. And I say that because again, I like, there's just certain things. And also too, how I refer to myself in certain, uh, or how do I refer to me as me in certain situations Mm -hmm. in terms of pronouns. Mm, For sure. There, yeah, there are certain, even in sex, there are certain spaces where, yeah, this is my preferred pronoun. I might actually go by, I don't want to say he per se, but, and I don't like sharing the daddy. For thing. sure. But, you know, I refer to my dick as a, my dick is a yeah. dick. Um, I feel that, so, yes. <laughs> right, right. And so there's that, but also at the same time, the other half of that, with my feminine energy, I'm very nurturing and I am very feminine and I'm very present and I'm very tender and all of these things. And there's duality in that and being okay with that, right? Like me being and understanding there's power in both too. That's the thing. I'm just as powerful in my masculinity as I am my femininity. It's really about what time of month it is in my Mm -hmm. mood, right? (laughs) So I'm, I'm just like, I'm hoping that this this upcoming black renaissance that we're about to experience a lot of people get to explore that yes you know what i mean and i want and that's one thing that's one reason why i do do this podcast is like yo sometimes i am just babbling and i'm actually learning things as i'm talking <laughs> to people and, and i'm thinking about things as i'm talking to people because i'm on this journey too and i love talking with folks especially like you read that are like, hey, this is who I am, and it might not look like everyone yeah. else, but this is a journey and I'm learning. Right. But this is what I want. And it was so hard for me to be like, oh, 
how do I say? Is as strong of a personality as I come off. <laughs> and honestly, I'm very decisive. And I'm also somewhat comfortable in myself. Like I said, I remember being in therapy and I told the therapist, yo, I don't mind being gay. It's everyone else who's going to have an issue. Right. Because um, there was never a self-hating period for me in terms of that. But there is this settling and sharing myself with people I had no business sharing mm. myself with. Um, there is this being vulnerable with people I have no business being vulnerable with. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this reckless behavior of not being present with certain people that I should have been more mm-hmm. present with. And we can, we could have negotiated and talked about what that looked like. Like all of this was very unhealthy for me. It was very unhealthy for my sexual central energy as well. Um, BDSM was something that helped me start on the path of correcting mm. that. But, you know, it, I would like to experience pleasure. And I joke about it. I've been joking about it, like this whole this whole season. Also outside of that, because I feel like someone just called me a slut. <laughs> I was like, yeah, girl, yeah. Um, but I want to actually experience that. I've, I haven't had a chance to just experience just being cool with like, hey, yeah, I would love to like safely engage in some fun sexual activity. Or like, hey, you want me to spank you? I can do that right. too. I'm present. We can negotiate what my boundaries are. I'm excited to be able to do that because I've never been able to do that before. And that's the reason why I'm so enthused and I talk about it so often is because I'm actually excited. Yeah, it's something to be excited about. Right. Um, so I appreciate you sharing your journey and even t- like talking about sleeping with um, cisgendered men because that's something a lot of folks in our community do do but they never want to talk about and that's a whole other like conversation i could go on about that too (laughs) (laughs) right i'm gonna have to have you back for that because uh next season i'm gonna do this series called i have a whole bunch of questions so i get to ask just a whole bunch of questions that i'm pretty sure people but i want to talk about that because i do think um that's a limit that people set on themselves and to be perfectly honest as long as you're safe um, I don't like you, like my partners. I went with my partner fucking with someone who has terrible energy. Right. I'm actually bigger on yeah. that. <laughs> um, cause I'm that, I'm that person to be like, well, was he cute though? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's on me and my partner. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, don't be out here embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> like, bruh. But, um, you, you know, I think we don't talk about, so I do think that's related directly to pleasure as well. I think there is something that there's this hang up and I've been trying to figure out what is this hang up that we all collectively sometimes experience, but there are some people who are just free of mm-hmm. it. And that's what I aspire to be. And I appreciate you coming on this podcast and talking about your journey. We're definitely going to have you on again so you can talk more about it because um, I, I feel like I already have a feeling there's so much that we can't talk about. So... <laughs> with that being said can you tell folks where to find yeah, um you can find me on facebook just read white my first and last name that's white with a y a lot of people will look for white with like the color and that's not quite right um but you'll probably find me there aren't too many read whites um, i'm not on instagram but i'm also um involved with various transmasculine centered and adjacent um events and groups um around dc so i'm i'm sure i'll run into people and have already run into people at different things all over the place um but nikki thanks so much for having me on here this was a really fun conversation 
Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, as Garen say, you'll probably see me run around this town. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll leave. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening, and I'll talk to y'all next time.